Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning into the Boardroom for Women. I am your host, Lori Kreese, and today we have with us Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Today's topic in the boardroom is putting your conversation in your sales conversations. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you, Lori. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Let me tell you a little bit about the boardroom for women. So, um, you know, I'm I actually have a sales background and I always remember those days gathering with the sales team and uh the advertising director and getting in the boardroom and just putting together ideas and walking out of there like motivated and charged. So, I've always really enjoyed the memories of those moments because I actually felt very lifted up. And as an entrepreneur, you know, you've got, you're in the position to lift yourself up and inspire yourself. And sometimes it's just really nice to have that boost from a fellow entrepreneur, somebody in a similar field, um, or has shared some of the same growing pains to give you that little boost. So the boardroom for women is really designed to be that radio show where we can offer some tips in all areas of entrepreneurship or women in business. So I think sales, if you have a business, you are selling. And I think that this is a wonderful topic. And I'm hoping that we can inspire some ladies on how to kind of adjust conversations. You know, we're in a uh, a strange time these these days with the economy. And I think a lot of us feel a little fear and panic and what can I do to change? So I really hope that this conversation will will motivate some some adjustments and conversations. So Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to give a tip or two that makes sales easier because I totally agree with you. If you are if you own a business, your number one job is to get more business for your business, which is effectively sales. Absolutely. So yeah, let's talk about putting the conversation in your sales conversation. Um, you know, I way back in the day, I was always told, you know, the person who speaks first loses. Um, and I look, <laughs> right. and do you remember hearing stuff like that? And right, I always totally. like resented that. I'm like, but why not just talk about a plan? Why does <laughs> it always have to be like a pitch? Um, you know, I'm sometimes asked to do a presentation. I'm like, why is that really what's going to sell you? Or do you want to have a discussion yes. want to hear about your needs? Exactly. Exactly. And like, this is the, it was a horrible moment when I first thought about it. And then it became like the most beautiful, empowering sales thing in the world for me was I used to be when I, when I first found myself in a sales position, representing my own company because I had been in previous jobs, but in corporate, but now it's for my own company. I used to obsess over trying to come up with the perfect thing to say, right? Come up with that perfect line, that perfect hook to get someone to buy from me. And the beautiful, beautiful truth is there's nothing perfect you can say to get someone to buy from you. And that should be the most like, freeing, uplifting thing in the world because now you don't have to worry about it. And instead, instead, if you just go in asking a lot of questions, asking better questions, listening to the person and their responses, 
as opposed to worrying about your sale and your business and make the conversation about them, it it takes all the pressure off. It takes the, the way I describe it is the conversation should really be a confirmation conversation, not even a consideration conversation, right? Having it in a way, are we the right people for each other? And you can't do that if all you're doing is going in with it into the situation with a presentation approach instead of a conversation approach. Yeah, you don't know if you're a right fit until you learn about their needs. Right. And and if you're just doing your pitch deck, I hate the word pitch deck. <laughs> I mean, been there, done that, I get it. Proposal, fine. But as soon as somebody tells me they're working on their pitch deck, I immediately like, really? Because... Have you listened? Have you asked any questions? What are you doing that makes this whole thing about your potential client and how you can help them in some way? Absolutely. I think you have to discover who they are, what their needs are, um, where are their weaknesses, more of a SWOT analysis, of course. Totally. You know, start with something like that. Ask the questions of um, what are they doing now? What works? What doesn't work? What is sucking up your time? The other question that I love asking is when you're asking them, what did they work? What did, what's not working? What have they tried already to solve the problem? I love asking people, what did they love about that attempt? And what did they hate about that attempt? And yeah. learn more, not just the top of the line facts, but the understanding beneath why do they think they'll tell you everything you need to know. Like they might tell you, well, this didn't work and this is why I hated it, which is kind of a disguise for why it didn't work for me. And then you're in a better position to be able to provide or even learn what it is that they could actually use. We spend so much time worrying about whether or not we're going to get the sale, whether or not, right, that our business is able to solve their problems, that our business, right? The more time you're focused on your business instead of on your client, that's where the problems come up. Yeah. So if you go in there and with an intention to just sell your product and pitch a product, you you may or may not walk away with the revenue. But when that term ends, where is the relationship? Where is the relationship? So I really feel like you need to start with the relationship. The sale might not happen that day. It might happen over time. I'm constantly being told it's just not the right time. It's not the right time. I need to do this. I need to work on my website before I drive traffic to my website. <laughs> All those places pieces need to come together. And sometimes that might just be an objection, an easy objection. But sometimes it's very true. Sometimes I mean, true. if you want to look at, uh, if you want to really help your client with an end result, then you do need to actually kind of work as an advisor. And if you don't have a conversational approach where you're focused on them to your conversation, you're going to be less likely to have the emotional intelligence you need to be able to actually tell, is this a fear-based, you know, some other 
obstacle that needs to be worked through? Or is it true? I, I have someone right now who is a perfect fit for me and we're excited about working together, but he's got to finish something up. It's a 12 week thing that he's got to do. And why would we divide his attention? Do the thing. How can I help him do that thing to better position for him working with me? And the other thing that I have found is when you go into the sales conversation as a conversation, the, knowing ahead of time, like my only intention is that the person I'm talking to is better off in some way through that conversation, whether they say yes to me or not. And those people, even when they don't agree to work with you or it's not the right fit, they're the people that become your raving fans and refer you people who are a better fit for you because you help them and you didn't, quote, sell at them. I love that. That that. That leads me to what I always do. I, I belong to, you know, chambers and different networking groups. And when I exchange a card and I talk to them and I listen to them, I say, you know, I'm going to send them an, an email later. Maybe we can connect. But I also want to connect them with somebody else I think might be a good relationship. I just became a value to them. Right. You know, I'm a networker. I have their in best interest in mind without actually pitching them a product and giving them an amount and giving them an application 100%. to be my client. I'm building a relationship. So I always try to present some kind of value outside of what my own offering is. And that's the relationship and the connection, proving myself to be a true networker. And I think this is a very woman, female aspect to this, but it's kind of like the marriage advice. Intimacy begins way before the bedroom, right? Intimacy for like do the dishes, help vacuum, take care of the kids. It's going to make me much more attracted to you. I think women have that approach to everything. Help from the beginning, right? If you help me, it's kind of we're starting the sales relationship way before we get to the sales conversation. And it it changes everything. It makes, and also if you have any nerves around sales, this is why I love this approach. If you have any hesitation, any nerves, of sales is just not your favorite thing. This approach, it's so much easier. It's so much easier because it's just about the other person. Right, you know how, you know how to, join somebody for a cup of coffee and ask them about their business, how things are right. going. Don't put the pressure of of selling and presenting into those conversations. Just have a discussion. It will kind of evolve. You'll spark that aha moment. They might mention, oh, yeah, you know, I'm really suffering this area. Oh, wow. You know what? That's something I'm working on. I have a program that does this. Maybe it'd be a good fit for that. Let's keep talking. I'm going to make a note of that. Don't just dive into the presentation. Right. And I will awesome, I'll often like give some help, absolutely give some help in the moment and then say with no, you know, with just really this neutral of energy, you know, this is what I actually do for a living. Do you want to learn more about that or are you good? And if they say, no, I'm good right now, I'm already doing this, I just let it go for them and go back to your regular conversation. Yeah, follow up with them later and check in and see how right. they're doing. Don't try to force don't try to force the situation. And if you don't force it, then guess what? Their next email might be, hey, you mentioned something about knowing about this. Will you tell me a little bit more? You pique their curiosity, but yeah. it, they want it to be their choice to come to you. Yes. yes. And there's, right, there's this fine line between don't, you still have to follow up, 
but you're not following up going, well, what about now? Well, what about now? How about now? You ready now? That's not follow up. Just continue the relationship. Checking in with them. Hey, we talked about this last time. You said you were going to do that. How did it go? Can, uh -huh. You know, catch me up. How did it go? You don't have to, you know, following up is not diving right into pitching then. It's just continuing the relationship, continuing the conversation. And to me, I use conversation and relationship almost interchangeably in these cases, right? We're just continuing the conversation mm. to see where it'll lead. I think I'm at fault with that one. I, that's that's good advice. I'll, I'll raise my hand at that one. I think I do follow up, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I kind of say like, I want to reconnect and, and mm -hmm. see how things are going, but I think I do kind of start leaning back into what I have. Is it a good time to talk again? Instead of, uh, for example, I have a client, he's just been waiting for his alcohol license on something. And I sent him an email and wanted to reconnect. And I didn't mention the alcohol license and I probably should have just said, Hey, did that come, come through? Maybe because I've already asked him that a few times. I do feel like right. yeah, he's probably just well, not and to your point, a like bit. <laughs> right, you could tell, right? You could tell. So two parts to this. One, use your emotional intelligence. That's a big thing in sales. There's a lot of people who, depending on the first conversation or second or third, I will say, hey, I'm doing this thing. It might be time for you. Do you want to talk about it? There's nothing wrong with that, a direct approach. My thing is don't bait and switch. Come with clean energy. So connect, see if there is a breadcrumb to follow that would lead me in a sales conversation, or if it's appropriate, a direct follow-up, but just say, hey, you know, and then I'm losing my train of thought, but the other piece is not being, I say it's not being attached to the outcome, but the part of the problem is, and I just say this, what happens when we chase people? What they happens? Run. They run away and you can feel it. If in your chest, in your body, if you're getting the ick, that you feel that you are chasing somebody, then they're feeling it too. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've I, I've had clients no, where I'm it. like, I feel like I'm stalking them. Right. And <laughs> sometimes you know they told me to keep going. Then just call it out. That's perfect. But don't, The one of my things is don't ignore the elephant in the room, ride the elephant. Oh my gosh, so that was so good. Because it. I have had a client like, call me in two weeks. I'm waiting for this. Call me in two weeks. Um, you know, text me and email me. And I'm like, I don't like this. I am stalking this person. But then just say it first. Hey, you told me to, you told me to call you in two weeks. So I'm following up is now a good time to continue our conversation. Or you know what? The phone goes both ways. I well, and that's it. You. I was going to say, <laughs> I totally agree with you. I was going to say that next. I won't do that. And I've had a couple of people in my world who just keep wanting to check in, not ready, keep wanting to check in, not ready. And then I'm like, this is never going to, you start to figure out like, this is not going to, this is just their dynamic and I'm done. I won't really, people ask me how often will I try? And I will, once it feels like that, I'll try once or twice or I'll change up. I won't get on the phone with you, but maybe I'll send you an email. I think that's a good idea. That goes back to my core when I was talking about the the boardroom, I'll never forget. I mean, this was more than 20 years ago, but these three simple words are what you need to have 
a client or to close a sale need desire budget. Okay. Yeah. Do they have a need? Do they have a budget? Those are the easy ones. Desire. If they keep telling you call back and call back and call they back, they probably not, yeah. really don't have that desire. If they don't have three, all three, you really don't have a client. So just walk away. And um, it kind of takes me back to, I'm, I'm a big fan of Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember that episodes, he's just not that into. He's just not that into how liberating that is like you know you had a connection you were attracted or you had a good time they were funny but just in click he's just right. not that into you i kind of look at need desire and budget being just as liberating if you analyze those three elements and it's not coming together it's not you it's not your product it's not really even the relationship you have a good connection maybe they're a better referral partner find a different yeah. way to work with that person Hundred percent, and I, I I see this a lot where I call it the save the bunnies, where they clearly have a need, but they don't think they have a need, or they clearly have a desire, but they don't have a budget, and so people get stuck in wanting to save the bunnies, and you can't help people who don't want help. And you're just banging your head against the wall if you're trying to, the way that I describe it is, you know, the saying you're preaching to the choir, like don't preach to the choir. In sales, you want to preach to the choir. In, don't make your job any harder than it has to be. You don't have to convince them they have a need or a value or, or a desire. What would happen to your sales conversations if you only had them with people who wanted to solve the problem, could afford to solve the problem, and you were a good fit to be, you know, what you did for a living solve the problem? What if those were the only sales conversations you had? And too many times we're watching business owners again because they're thinking about their business and about truthfully their ego. I want to make the difference. When I, um, one of my coaches that I had, this was magnificent advice, especially in the coaching business and any kind of consulting business. If you're talking to somebody, going back to what you said about asking questions, who has tried this, tried that, tried this, tried that, tried this, tried that, and it hasn't worked, and your gut reaction is, well, that's because you haven't worked with me. Yeah, don't, don't proceed with that sale. <laughs> Don't proceed with that sale. Run away. Run away from that sale. So as we kind of wrap up the boardroom, let's put together maybe a, the first action tip in starting that conversation. I mean, clearly it's asking questions. Um, my feeling is, you know, what are you doing now that's working? Okay. Because you want to know what they consider good results are. Also, mm -hmm. you're already learning from them about their expectations a little bit. Another question, what isn't working? Because they're going to be reminded that they're draining the swamp with either finances or personnel in one area that's just not working and they need a solution. Where do you, what about you? What do you, what do you think about I do that? the same thing and I do them in that order very intentionally. One, to build the rapport and learn about them with the positive stuff. Um, I try to go a little deeper with why is that important? You know, what gets to happen if you solve this problem? 
what doesn't get to happen or what will happen if you don't solve this problem. And then I position the more challenging question of what's not working. What's going to happen if we don't solve the problem? What gets to happen if we do solve the problem before I go into, well, I have an idea for you. Would you like to hear about it? And I do that to your point kind of on purpose so that it makes sense from a conversation standpoint that offering the solution, because if you lead to, to your point about need, if you end your question asking session with everything that's going well and then try to solve the problem, it's not really in alignment. So I start with all the things that are going well and what they're excited about. Then I, in a deeper conversation about that, what are you proud of? I'll ask. Then I go into the more difficult conversations of what's not working. What have you tried that isn't working? What did you hate about it? Why is this important? What's going to happen if we don't solve this? And then I go into asking them, okay, because by then I formulated, do I have the right solution for them or should I just refer them to somebody else? And, and that's, that's, you know what, leverage your relationships, have other partners. I mean, I, I have other partners, um, you know, when it comes to radio for different platforms, different stations, like, oh, you might be a right fit for this person. I know they're looking for either a host or a guest or, you know, some, yeah. some, you know, they're doing a summit. Maybe you're a good speaker, you know, continue that referral relationship. Erin, you have a podcast. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. My podcast is, this is so funny that this is our topic today. So my podcast is called Ready Yet. And the tagline is, you'll never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. But what's so funny is the way that I came up with the name is because that's how I found myself closing sales. When I was talking to people about the things that they wanted to do and how I could help them do it. My very, you know, my very fancy way to close sales is to just say, all right, well, are you ready yet? You ready to do this? Because that's really what it comes down to, that desire. Are you ready? Right. And so that's what I ended up naming the podcast. And it's a it's interviews with entrepreneurs who have and talking about a mixture of their subject matter expertise and then their personal journey so that the audience can learn not just from what they know, but what they had to go through to get to where they are, shorten people's learning curves. Um, and it's been absolutely amazing. Wonderful. So for our podcast listeners, of course, in show notes, I'll be able to uh, provide links on the best way to connect with you. For our radio-only listeners who might be using our app, uh, listening in on the uh, different internet channels, what is the best way to connect with you? Best way to make it really easy for you. Everything you need is at conqueryourbusiness.com. My socials, my podcast, my free resources, connect with me for a conversation is all at conqueryourbusiness.com. Erin, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. You've given me a little boost in charge today. So hopefully mm -hmm. you've done the same for our listeners, which I'm sure you have. So thank you for being my guest. Thank you for inviting me and spending time with me. That's our one resource we can't get back. So I absolutely appreciate it. Oh, I love that. And ladies, you've been listening to the Boardroom for Women.